You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 133rd program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation dedicated to social change for about 24 years now. I'm your host, Jennifer Borrell. Jacques isn't with us today, but I have the great pleasure of speaking with Claire G. Coleman. Claire is a Noongar author. She recently wrote a great piece in the Saturday paper reflecting on Invasion Day and colonisation titled The Forever War. Claire G. Coleman has also written several books, the latest being Lies, Damned Lies, a personal exploration of the impact of colonisation. Welcome to the program, Claire. Good to be here. It's great to have you on the program, Claire. Firstly, uh, you begin your article in the Saturday paper by describing your various reactions to what is officially named Australia Day, which of course is Invasion Day from an Aboriginal perspective. Uh, you describe various impu- impulses that you've had, uh, for example, to withdraw from the world, to become angry and active, or um, impulses to become angry and active, and also just tiredness from always having to explain Invasion Day to racists. The latest Invasion Day will be fresh for you, I know, Claire. Yesterday, 26th of January, at the time of recording this program, So can you describe some of your thoughts and reactions to Invasion Day this year? Well, there's a a couple of um, interesting things that went on this year. Um, Firstly, well, there was no march in Melbourne um, Mm -hmm. this year. It was cancelled because of fears about COVID and, of course, respect for communities. So the official Mm -hmm. march was cancelled. I I spent uh, Australia Day, well, Invasion Day, basically just hiding out in my house in the mm. hills and and working. I actually spent it working on um, on my writing and, of course, on social media, um, putting up articles that I've written before about the topic because I've written – the article I wrote this year for the Sunday paper is definitely not my first article about Invasion Day. I think it's my sixth. So wow. I put them all up on social media um, and I uh, spent the day working on, on new writings about the topic. And, of course, it was a, um, a quiet time, therefore. And, um, but one thing that, that really was interesting this year is there seems to have been an intentional smokescreen thrown up by the government in that after people have been asking for years for them to resolve the issues over the Aboriginal flag copyright, the government mm. chose the day before Invasion Day to announce that they've um, basically purchased the copyright and they're going to make it free for all, make the Aboriginal flag free for all Australians to use. Mm. And so I spent a lot of 
yesterday, um, unpacking for the people who aren't aware of the topic what this is really about on social media. So that was a really kind of unusual experience because I've been talking about the flag issue and written about it several times from like 2020 when it, when it really exploded. Mm. And it was interesting that it came to a head abruptly on Invasion Day, almost like it was a smokescreen thrown at the notion of real change. Oh, we're not going to change the date of Australia Day, but here we'll spend millions of dollars to buy your flag for the Commonwealth. It just seemed a bit kind of distracting. I spent mm. the entire day talking about pretty much nothing else. Mm, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that. So it's it's not that you don't see it as a resolution, but it's just with the timing it's a bit of a diversion, diverting our attention away from the things that really matter. Yeah, um, and, and so it wasn't a resolution anyway. Um, it was mm. problematic. Uh, so... Mm. Um, depends how you define a resolution because in reality mm. what people thought they were asking for, which is for the Aboriginal communities to own the flag copyright, is not what we got. Yeah, I thought that was a bit strange as well. That actually the Commonwealth owns it, not the Aboriginal people, right. but it's being made available for everyone to use, um, which seemed to soften it a bit, but you're saying it's not really a resolution. It should have really been the copyright it's, should have been handed to Aboriginal people or It's not a resolution. I, well, I, my no, opinion no. was the copyright should have been left how it was with the designer of the flag. Um, mm. He was handling it quite well. Um, I don't think, I think the entire situation was a um, was an unnecessary um, fight that was never going to resolve, be resolved well. Yeah, and just distracted people's attention. So Absolutely. I suppose I suppose getting back to Invasion Day then, do you think there's been a lot of debate around it? Should we change the date or should we just get rid of it? So what's your views on that? I, I used to be, I, um, I used to fight for the side of um, change the date. I used to argue that the date should be changed and then for a while I was kind of agnostic between change the date and abolish Australia Day. Now I think Australia as a nation had, doesn't really deserve a national day. So I, I'm kind of I'm heading towards the world of, um, towards the idea of abolishing it completely until Australia has done something as a nation mm. which would unify the nation so that we can have mm. a reasonable day to celebrate. Yeah, well, that sounds reasonable. And you also point out, Claire, in your book, which I think is really interesting, in your book, Lies, Damn Lies, you point out quite a few of the misconceptions that people have about uh, the history behind what is officially known as Australia Day or Invasion Day um, and some of these misconceptions being spouted by our political leaders who should know much better. So. Um, so there's a lot of people fighting, oh, we should keep that date, but they don't even seem to be aware of what that actual date, what actually happened on that date. So perhaps you could tell us a bit, um, give us some of your examples of some of the misconceptions, if not lies, about our history around the date. Absolutely. Well, there's a couple of ones I point out in my book. Um, The Education Minister back in uh, 2000 and I think it was 2019, mm-hmm. said that um, we should celebrate 
Australia Day as the date that Cook stepped ashore with the first fleet on January 26, mm. 1788. That's a that's a that's classic, brilliantly mm. bad history knowledge. Um, you know the uh, this idea that Cook was in Australia in 1788 when in reality Cook died in 1779. Yeah, so he was dead. He was dead when Australia was founded. So. Um, People have this really weird idea. There's a there's a there've been surveys done where they found that um, a large number of Australians, particularly those who support the maintaining of Australia Day on the date it's on, January twenty six, mm-hmm. um, a large number of them who support that don't actually know what the date means or what it's what yeah. it commemorates. Um, people mm-hmm. say things like it commemorates something to do with the um, Anzacs. Or that it was an important World War One or World War Two battle, or that it was Ooh. when Cook first landed on Australia. Which, incidentally, if I remember correctly, I might be wrong, but it was August twenty third when Cook first mm. came to Australia. Uh, there's all these false ideas about about what Australia is. Or people say it might. Some people believe it might be the date when Australia became a nation. Well, Australia became a nation on January the first, nineteen o one. Exactly, which would be the first day of the year. Which, of course, no nobody is going to accept that as our Australian National Day because, frankly, all Australia Day has been for most of the history of this colony is a day off. Yeah, it's a day off. And yeah. they're, not, they're not going to accept shifting their day off they've got at the end of January to New Year's Day, which they already have off. Exactly, yeah, and I noticed also in your book, which I thought was quite funny, um, the PM, Scott Morrison, called for a reenactment of Cook's circumnavigation of Australia, which yeah. he never did. He well, never he, did. And he, it, he, he claimed the east coast of New South Wales from from my understanding. He, well, Cook arrived first time, his first landed, well, first sighted Australia and mapped from pretty much what is now the, Victoria and New South Wales border, mm-hmm. with the the coast around Gabor Island, and went up to the tip of Cape York, mm-hmm. and that's the only bit of Australia that Cook ever visited. Mm-hmm. And this idea that that Cook could have been imagined as circumnavigate Australia is some of the most foolish historical mistakes ever seen. People call it, a, it is, Scott Morrison called it a mm-hmm. reenactment, but in re, in reality, it's an enactment. Yeah, it would be a, fic- a fictional story yes. caught on um, by actors on video. Um, so he did that. Um, Captain Cook did that in 1770. Yes, and the the 26th of January date um, was 1788, yep. right? The 26th of January, 1788. Captain Philip, mm-hmm. who became the governor in Sydney with the first fleet. Right, and as you say in your book, um, that was the, um, the date where there was a prison established on stolen land and the seed of a colony and you also say beginning of an apocalypse. But yes. that was 1788, wasn't Captain Cook. Captain Cook came 1770. So the history is a mess and you have a great quote which I haven't got on hand from Marcia Langdon who um, described it as something like, an orgy of dates by a white, a white she called it a white supremacist orgy the, <laughs> the way that that white australians um combine cook and arthur philip and the arrival of cook in australia and the invasion day into one mis- mystical non-existent date 
<laughs> and you wonder how people get so self-righteous and defensive about keeping this date, you know. It's like most people are confused. They don't actually know what the date is or they they have some absolutely screwed up idea like our politicians yeah, um, or some of them. So on that point, we'll give our um, listeners some time to digest some of that. We'll have some music, uh, the aptly named Secret War by Burumpi Band, and we'll continue talking after that. This is a story of colonization. It's a story that's been told before. It's the blood of indigenous races on the hands of invading force. There's a government and an army not far from these north shores. And the tribesmen in the jungle, they fight a secret war. Secret! 
of colonization. It's a story that's been told before. It's the blood of indigenous races on the hands of invading force. Accented women. It seems so obvious to me that if you live in a, in a completely violent um, cultural milieu that it's going to translate into every aspect of women's lives. Accented women. What's a border? They don't see it like a big wall right along the How the can country. people live ordinary lives when they're living in such an extraordinary situation where there are, two, where there are armies there and terrorists there and such conflict every single day of their lives? Accented women. A show by and about women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. On Community Radio 3CR. Have you heard it on the news? About this fascist growth thing? Evil men with racist views spreading all across the land. They're pulling on the boots in Brazil and wiping off the eggshells in Moorabbin. Fascism's on the march, and we say, yeah, nah. Yena Passaran is a new weekly program on 3CR dedicated to tracking this rise in Australia, Aotearoa, and all around our increasingly warm little globe. Every Thursday at 4.30pm, we'll be talking to writers and fighters about some angry blighters. You're listening to Think Again 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm speaking with Claire G. Coleman, Noongar author, about Invasion Day and the devastating colonisation process still being inflicted on Aboriginal people in Australia to this day. So, Claire, you outlined so well all the false and made-up memories um, that Australia Day is meant to be based on, um, and we talked about that a bit before the music break. Um, And it's not just misconceptions and made-up memories about what's officially known as Australia Day, but we all call Invasion Day. You point out how the white colonisers have a very short memory about their history in general. And across this mythical fog, key historical events are viewed as, I would say, as quaint scenes that happened a long time ago, like landings on beaches by people in funny clothes, etc. But in reality, as you do point out, invasion only happened about not that long ago, about nine generations really, And the momentum of trauma and violence, that rolling momentum of trauma and violence from that invasion are ongoing and they're happening now to this day. So perhaps you'd like to talk a little bit about that, uh, Claire. Well, I've got a really great illustrative example to start with. Um, Mm -hmm. Most Australians wouldn't be able to tell you when the last Aboriginal people to see the first white man were did that actually saw the first white man? In other words, when the last Aboriginal people were colonised, became part of the mm. colony, and that was nineteen eighty four. Mm. Not 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 um, eighteen eighty four, nineteen eighty four. I was ten years old when a family of Aboriginal people in the Western Desert wandered out from um, from the desert to visit, to be with their families in um, in a community not far from Papania. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a bit of a history that would be really interesting history if Australians knew it, but Australians don't know it. And it fits this idea, this misconception that colonisation was a long time ago 
and the misconceptions that um, mm. that there's no one who remembers it because these people there are people there those people who came out in 1984 they're professional artists now and they remember it quite well the first time they saw white people wow and that's a, that's one sort of misconception and and that's from um, from the desert in the north of WA another one. Um, mm kind of weird moment from the history of Australia that I like to point out. In the Northern Territory, there's a rest area and memorial called Attack Creek in which they talk about, on the plaques, about um, about explorers going north from South Australia and being attacked there by Aboriginal people and being forced to turn back. And it's called Attack Creek. Now, what they're failing to point out, they're what the way the misconception is written is there was no attack there. That was defence. Mm. At that point at Attack Creek in the Northern Territory, the Warramungu people fought off an invasion by white explorers mm. and kept their land free of white people for another 40 years. Now, that's mm. sort of history we're not told, that there was an act of resistance and that when people talk about the misconception in Australia that Aboriginal people attacked white people. In, in reality, in nearly in all cases, not nearly all cases, in all cases, Aboriginal people were the defenders of our land. Mm. And our heroes were not attackers. We were defenders. There was no peaceful settlement in Australia. There was an act of war between, um, between um, the colonisers and the First Nations people. And in that war... Mm. My my ancestors, the Aboriginal people, were war heroes fighting to defend their family. And that's a misconception. That's a something that's ignored by the history of Australia. Yeah, and as you point out, it's even uh, the misconceptions even buried in that name, Attack Creek. Yeah. It should be like Resistance Creek or yeah. um, Freedom Fighter Creek, Defence Creek, <laughs> Defence Creek, a successful Defence Creek. But yeah, it's it's. Um, yeah, it's quite astonishing when you look at it that way that here are the colonisers who have come in under the lie of terrorist nullius that there were no people there because, of course, there were people there. And as you also say in your book, there's no proof except a, a note in um, Cook's diary that he even claimed the East Coast well, yeah. of the British Empire anyway. Um, so um, Joseph Banks, I think you say, was keeping a diary at the same time, doesn't even mention it, That's even right. though there were cannons meant to be going off. You'd think um, he'd have mentioned that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, you, you'd think he would. So so it, it's pretty outrageous really, isn't it? And I guess it's it's not really commented on enough, and which means that people are walking around in a bit of a, um, no wonder they're walking around in a bit of a fog with all these misconceptions. Yeah. but. Um, but I guess, as you also note, you know, it's up to the colonisers to, you know, um, to know what they're talking about, to understand history. None of the history really. is none of the real history is is particularly well hidden. It's obfuscated mm. and it's ignored, but it's not well hidden. And the only way mm. it can stay hidden when when no one's really trying to hide it is if no one's trying to uncover it. Yeah, exactly. So um, finally, Claire, the, this is, the time's going much too fast because I know that, that you have so much to say and it would be great to continue with this at, in another program. But um, for this program, um, you, I, I just like to 
really highlight that in your article how you express tiredness, sort of tiredness and exasperation at always having to explain to the colonisers what is wrong with racism, colonisation, Australia Day, um, inverted commas, etc. And, of course, we're doing the same thing now. I'm I'm aware of that as well. And uh, you place responsibility with the colonisers to fight against the colony, as you put it, and even and and to dismantle it. So, can you talk a, 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 just one more one more time? Can you talk a bit about this? Thank you. And how non-Aboriginal listeners, in particular, just maybe point to how non-Aboriginal listeners might take up this responsibility, just as a starting point. We're being mindful that it's not up to you to tell them what they have to do either, because it is their responsibility. It's not. It's not really. None of this is up to me. And I guess what it comes exactly. down to is I I do this because I'm pretty good at it. I yes. I explain I I tell the truth in Australia because I'm good at getting people to listen and and that's why I continue to do it. Mm-hmm. But the the fact of the matter is that um, it's 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 hard and and sometimes I, mm. I wonder whether um, people are actually doing research at all are actually bothering to look into the real history even a mm-hmm. little bit and I want I'll, I guess one thing that that white Australians can do is make a serious concerted effort to educate themselves yeah. it's it, sure and and really um, my new book lives and lives was supposed mm-hmm. to be a tool to enable people to do that to read my mm-hmm. book and not necessarily learn the full history, but to give people a starting point to understand how to begin to look at the world from the other side and look at things differently mm-hmm. and, and and work out how. Because in, yeah. in reality, the I don't think that um, most white Australians, when, when exposed to the real truth, will continue to be destructive colonisers. I think most white Australians, when exposed to the real truth, will take the opportunity to learn from the real truth. And I mm-hmm. think if everyone knows the truth, things will change. In South Africa, they have the idea of the they had the idea of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. The idea was mm-hmm. to give everyone the truth and then from there begin the process of reconciliation. In Australia, the government keeps talking about reconciliation without any notion of exposing the truth and that I think is the mistake that's often made yeah well I must say oh with our on our program page I will put references to your works but I must say um your writing is very accessible and engaging and it's very straight shooting but I think it's very expressive so I, I do think it would be a good door for people to walk through who haven't been reading or thinking about this before. So um, is there anything else you want to add before I wrap this up, Claire? No, I think I've said no, except um, you're not going to get the truth about Australia by a kind of a shallow reading of the mm. colonizer history. Yeah. You got, the easiest way to get the real truth about this country is to read books by Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander yeah. people or to dig deeper than you're possibly qualified or skilled enough to dig. So read books by black people. That's all I can say. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. Read books by black people. Thank, thanks so much, Claire. 
So I've been speaking with Claire G. Coleman for coming. Um, thank you for coming on the program and generously sharing your knowledge and reflections and insights. And your persistence in the fight against colonisation, uh, evidently um, it, it costs a lot for you personally, I'm sure, but it includes a lot of generosity, no matter how tiresome and unfair that it all falls onto Aboriginal people such as yourself for sure. So maybe to remind our listeners again, read black authors, read Aboriginal authors. Um, it's certainly been an interesting enlightening for me personally. So thanks again, Claire. No, it's, thank you very much. It's, as tiring as it is, I um, consider it my, to be my duty to at least try and tell mm. Australia the truth about itself. Mm. Well, thanks again, Claire. Thanks to our listeners for turning into, or I should say tuning into Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today. If you want to contact us, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our programs are available by podcast wherever you get your podcasts and via the 3CR website at 3CR. .org.au. And as I say, I'll put some references for if you want to follow up writings by Claire Coleman. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. To bring us into this program, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. Yeah, that's 